2016. This is Hyphen Nation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. And it's a beautiful day here in Morgantown, West Virginia. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning, darling. I don't know why I just talked like that, but it just felt like the right thing to do. <laughs> oh, man. It is June. Five months going already. Pretty much five months since I started this podcast. Five months since the blizzard. (laughs) Almost. Uh, We are officially one month out from Prince passing. Um, Coming up on some personal anniversaries that I'm not going to want to deal with uh, starting next month. I might get into that in a later podcast, but today is not the day. It's the 14th episode of Hyphenation, and I'm so glad to be here with you in the parking lot here at Kroger in beautiful Morgantown, West Virginia, in the Suncrest Town Center. I think it was my mother-in-law. I probably mentioned this before. She had She had said to me, I think she found out I was recording in the grocery store parking lot. And she was like, you're letting people know where you at? That's that's dangerous. I mean, you don't hear the episode for normally several hours until after I've actually recorded it. Two, I don't really announce that I'm going, when I'm going to be here. I mean, I kind of did today, but... I mean, if anybody want to come see me, maybe you can be on the show. <laughs> Just don't bring a gun, because I don't think we can do the show then. <laughs> uh, still don't have a house. We are scheduled to close on Friday, though, so I may have house keys to our new place on Friday. No more Brandy and Gary's. Then it will be back to Angel and Kellen's and Elias. So I'm excited about that. But I'm not getting my hopes up because this thing's been taking way too long. And that's not any fault of Angel's because she's been doing everything she can from her perspective. I feel like there I haven't done enough. But I mean, what can I do other than complain? <laughs> and I'm not going to complain to her and put that on her. That's not that's not how I roll. Um, I'm not going to make someone else feel worse. This guy is walking by me. Let's see. He's he works for Kroger here. He's got on his little his little shirt. Looks like he either was picking up trash or just had a little break or something. I'm not sure. But he definitely was just a guest on hyphenation because he was checking me out. He's like, What's that guy doing in that car in the Kroger parking lot? But yeah. Angel has been phenomenal this whole process. She has put in more work than necessary for a first time home applicant. And hopefully it will come to end on Friday and we can start moving in this weekend. We'll get moved in this weekend, sleep in our own bed again, hopefully by Saturday. That would be wonderful. And go from there. I need to start recruiting people before I forget. Anyway, I was sitting in Panera this morning because, uh, of course, I'm staying Brandy and Gary's. And I try to get out of there ASAP, even though Brandy always is like, why do you leave so early, especially when you have a late shift? I just don't want to be in your house, like when, especially after you guys leave. And I feel like I could be out being productive, and I was productive. I just put up a new column on behyphen.com that I've been writing for the past few weeks. I finally capped that off. Um, let's see. I was uh, working on some website stuff, got that done getting ready for monsterlung.com's 
30 days of sound vision, getting that ready for E. So that was going on. So there was a lot that I was uh, handling going back and forth between things. That starts at 3 p.m. today. You'll hear this after 3 p.m. today, but that starts at 3 p.m. today. MossLong.com, 30 days of sound vision. That's nothing but music from sound vision artists past and present. Whole month of June to celebrate E's birthday and Beans's birthday and Corey's birthday and Johnny's birthday is July 1st, I think. So a lot of a lot of June birthdays this month. So yeah, man. Check make sure you check that out if you're interested in hearing some good music. Even if you're not familiar with my music or you don't listen to this podcast because of my music, just check out monsterlong.com and you will be pleasantly surprised. So that's the first recommendation of the day. 30 days of sound vision, monsterlong.com. Uh, Cavs, Warriors start tomorrow night. I know I predicted the Warriors would win when I did my little predicting the NBA playoffs. Um, thingamajigga, thingamajigga. On the podcast a few um, episodes ago, I now feel like the Cavs will win in six. If they don't, I still picked right. If they do, you're welcome, Cleveland. I'd like to see the Cavs win in six, though. Or seven. I just like to see the Cavs win. Let's be real. So first topic is Memorial Day. Fresh off Memorial Day weekend. Always a, a big weekend for parties and for get-togethers and cookouts and spending time with your family and all of those things. Always want to make sure that you remember the real reason for Memorial Day and that is remembering all of the fallen soldiers who have served us in the past and even recognizing those soldiers that are currently serving to protect us. It's not, it it isn't about all the good times you may have had, all the drinks you may have had, all of the parties you may have attended, or it's not, it's, it's not so much about, um, this, the sales Memorial day is more than that. It it, it definitely is. And, and I saw something written by uh, Will Wheaton when he posted on Medium. And yeah, Will Wheaton, the actor. And he was saying how uh, this one place had um, overcharged his friend and they were mad on social media. So he uh, retweeted it and the, I think it was Home Goods. Home Goods never addressed the issue with the member, with the, the member. Uh, with the customer and his friend and how he felt like the true meaning of Memorial Day was lost. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's it's just something that we all get away from in this day and age. But uh, shout out to all of those who have served before and were lost or served and came home successfully. My grandfather served. Lots of people in my family was in the military. Um, my uh, stepbrother, Jeff, was in the military. And he actually, um, unfortunately, passed away while he was on a tour of duty. Um, and now he's uh, was something that just ate at my mom. Because he, he died before I came into my mom's life. And that just ate away at her for years and years. So I'm glad that she doesn't have to deal with that anymore and... All of that. I'm not trying to be heavy, but I, I, I'm trying. I'm just trying to convey that as much fun as you had this weekend, and I had a good time. I mean, I went over to Brandy Brandy's parents' house and had some delicious food. Uh, played some games of horse. Uh, tossed football around a little. Played with Leah, of course. Um, I uh, definitely drank a, a whole lot. And I really felt like I drank a whole lot yesterday morning when I rolled into work at 7.15, whatever time it was. <laughs> um, so, and I, I saw a couple of people saying uh, Tuesday after Memorial Day is the worst. And yeah, it, it kind of falls into that whole Super Bowl holiday thing that I uh, had brought up previously about taking a Monday after the Super Bowl off. 
you kind of need to take that Tuesday after Memorial Day off too. Unless you're going to be, you're going to keep it low key. If you think there's a possibility you could be in a situation where there will be a lack of sleep and excessive drinking, you might want to think about taking that Tuesday off. But don't call off of work 20 minutes before your shift. Not getting into it. Um, but I had a good Memorial Day. I hope everybody else did. It's always fun to uh, have that time to sit down with your family and and uh, be with them and, you know, get away from things for a while. Three-day weekends are, are always good, um, even when you have to work for three hours like I did on Saturday. I still had the rest of Saturday and Sunday and Monday. So I, I was uh, definitely appreciated that break because it's a long stretch sometimes when you when you're from – Easter, especially when you don't get Good Friday, some people do get Good Friday or they take Good Friday, and then you go from Easter all the way to Memorial Day, and if Easter's in March, then it's killer, (laughs) definitely a killer, so I don't know, I'm just kind of spitballing, I mean, I didn't, the first topic is weak, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry the first topic is weak, but uh, speaking of topics that uh, are weak, not really. Horrible segue. Beyonce was in Pittsburgh last night. Heard she put on a hell of a show. The anti-Beyonce campaign is officially over today. So here in the next week or so, I will finally listen to Lemonade. And when I do, I will give you an honest opinion of it. But in non-related Beyonce news, Hove just popped up on a Pusha T-verse and apparently slaughtered it because I ain't heard it yet. So... Go find Anonymous Drug Dealer by Pusha T. I think it's Anonymous Drug Dealer. Just search Pusha T Jay-Z and you'll find it. It'll be in your Google results. It's a title exclusive right now. But please, 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 by any means, check that track out. So you can remember who Hove is and who you are dealing with. But no shade thrown. I don't want y'all thinking I'm throwing shade because I'm definitely not. Shade throwing days are way past. I'm serious. People don't believe me. They're like, oh, you're always throwing shade at Beyonce. You hate Beyonce. No, I I had my grievances. We talked. We talked about it. And now we're good. I promise. Next topic. McDonald's. So, one thing I've always... Hate it, especially since the I, I'm loving a campaign. That's when I really initially started realizing it. McDonald's stays targeting black people so hard. And it's super annoying. I hate it. I hate it. You turn on McDonald's commercial, you don't see a little white family going through a drive-thru, getting McDonald's or anything like that. No. It's always, it's always the black people. And... I've always like, oh, I'm loving it and uh what whatever it is. Ba da 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 da. Um of course Justin Timberlake came up with the I'm loving it kind of thing, I think. I might be thinking about the wrong song. I'd have to I'm not looking up my facts. But circa um the first just the Justified album, he came up with this ditty and then McDonald's ended up adopting it and making it a major thing and now we're on the bye 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 McDonald's thing. So there's always black people who eat McDonald's. Unless and I cannot for the life of me, maybe I'm maybe I'm colorblind. <laughs> or maybe I'm just so I'm only specifically targeting commercials where I see black people in it for McDonald's. But it's always a black person Going through the line, McDonald's, happy as hell to get their burger. Happy as hell to get that chicken sandwich. Happy as hell to get those nuggets, you know. Um, Always black people working at McDonald's. And I'm pretty sure last time I checked, McDonald's is not a black-owned company. So this this whole idea of targeting inner-city people and minorities just annoys the piss out of me because I don't regularly see any other fast food places doing this. Of course, McDonald's is still, I'm pretty sure, the number one fast food place. 
But Wendy's commercials, you don't see black people eating it like that. You don't see Hardy's commercials doing that hard. I mean, Hardy's and Carl's Jr. will put titties on the screen before they want to put a black person on there eating some eating some of their food. I mean, unless it's Evander Holyfield. Um, KFC is doing the, the, the Colonel commercials. So your regular fast food chains just are not advertising to black people like McDonald's does. And it, it just bugs me, but let me let me tell you about this commercial I saw the other day. And I may I'm it might have been on for a while, because I know the McPick 2 has been going on for a while. And I have bought you I have gotten the McPick 2. I'm not ashamed. I enjoy McDonald's as a black man. I enjoy McDonald's if I wasn't a black man. My wife likes McDonald's sometimes. Um I mean, but nine out of ten people you encounter are fans of McDonald's is what I'm trying to get at here. And they, there's always something on there that you can find to eat McDonald's. If there's no other options to eat, you won't find something to eat at McDonald's. That's just the way it is. They have such a foothold and a stronghold on the fast food industry that this is just where they are at. And God, don't hit my cart. Hit my cart. Don't hit my car with your cart. I know I got an old car, but stop. Sorry. They have such a foothold on the fast food industry that they are the main, the dominant force in fast food. We've known this for years. It was like that before um, myself or anybody else was conceived. How you doing, guy in a green shirt? Who almost hit my car? It was like that before you or I were even conceived. Most of my listeners, McDonald's has been around for years. But when I was younger, I don't remember them targeting black people so hard. It's only been since maybe the mid-90s, early 2000s, that has been always the black person going to McDonald's, all, all super happy to be getting some nasty-ass McDonald's. And yes, McDonald's is nasty-ass. I know it's bad for me, but I love McDonald's. But let me tell you about this commercial. Let me tell you. <laughs> so. The, the, they're all in the drive. These four, I think, four or three people are in the drive-thru, and they're light skin and dark skin, and may, maybe a maybe a, a a Hispanic in there just to switch things up. And they're like, they the ones got their camera on, and they roll up to the the mic the microphone in the drive-thru, and the guy's like, all right, all right, one, two, like, how can I help you today? And the guy's like, all right, one. Two, three. Let me get a McPick two. They all sing. Let me get a McPick two into the damn drive-through speaker. Are you serious? <laughs> and they're like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, we're going to post that on social media. Look at us. Look, we sang the jingle at McDonald's. Why's it got to be the black people eating doing this at McDonald's? I'm serious. I'm not trying to get angry, but it's aggravating. You telling me that that that's some that that's some that's some white people stuff. White people will go through the drive-through before us with the camera ready. Let me get a McPick too. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> God. I'm not trying to make this about race. I don't have a preference either way. I just feel like a certain demographic is left out by McDonald's. And these four people roll to McDonald's are like. Like, let, let, let me take you into this scenario. Okay. Well, yo, you want some McDonald's? Yeah, let's let's go to McDonald's. That's a good idea. Let's get some McDonald's and we'll get to where we're going to go. All right, and they start going through drive-thru. Yo, you know the McPick 2? Yeah, yeah, I love the McPick 2. You know the jingle? Yeah, the let me get a McPick 2. Yeah, yeah. When we get up to the drive-thru, when they ask us what we want, we need to sing that and record it and then post it on all our social media. It'll be the most coolest thing ever. Let's do it. All right, so we waiting. We waiting. All right, it's our turn next. You ready? You ready? You ready? Okay. All right, you get the phone ready. Here we go. Can I get your order? Let me get a pick too. Like, seriously? Clearly, the McPick 2... Marketing is working. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, well, it's not working. It's not a big deal, but it is. 
Why do they? Why does it have to? Why does anybody have to roll up and sing that song like that? I get what they're trying to say. Oh, in today's day and age, it's very high, highly possible that some goofy people would come through the drive-through and sing our jingle into the into the speaker. Hundred percent. That's not that crazy. There's plenty of people on YouTube who have gone through drive-throughs and done ridiculous stuff to drive-through people. Two cashiers or two people in the drive-through to try to trick them, throw them off, make them laugh, get them mad, all those things. So we know this thing exists. But I do not, for the life of me, understand why black people have to be the ones to do it. Because what it feels like to me is like, look, these people have nothing better to do than to sing to the cashier at McDonald's. They could, I mean, I feel like the message is lost. I feel like if they had done it with white actors, it, would, it, it wouldn't have been as big deal. They'd be like, ha-ha, that's kind of funny. And that's how it was taken. But then if, if I think that if a white person sees this, and sees these black people go through, if they have any kind of stereotypes or any kind of bias against a black person, they're going to take it the wrong way. Is it going to stop them from getting a McPick too? Nope. But is it going to make them think a certain way about black people when it comes to McPick twos or just black people in general? Because they saw this commercial that McDonald's has put out? Yes. And I'm ranting. Maybe I should have started with this than my Memorial Day thing. But I guess it's for the better. Um, later in the same commercial. Or it might have been a different commercial. Another group of people are standing in the McDonald's at the counter. And a person asked, how can I help you? And they said, let me get a McPick too. And then and then this older lady chimes in too and sings with them too. And I'm pretty sure they're all black too. And the cashier's black. He's all smiling like, yeah, that sounds dope, man. <laughs> let me get that McPick too for you. Cha-ching. There you go, Ronald. I dropped my phone. Bruh. I mean, it, it can't just be me. I mean, if there there was ever a reason besides that time I went and got that McRap thing that they had, I can't even think what they were, those chicken wraps they had a few years ago, and then I went through one in Saberton, and they gave me one tiny piece, they gave me two tiny pieces of chicken, old lettuce, and a bunch of nasty ingredients inside of mine, and I was so angry that I called the McDonald's and cussed them out, well, yelled at them, I sent McDonald's an angry email, and told them about themselves, and I did not eat McDonald's for at least a year, I feel like, but I went back. This is kind of on that level. Why should I support this business that makes Black people look foolish. And this isn't normally my lane. I, I promise you. Like, I'm not that guy who's all... I mean, I might joke about people being racist um, among my friends and all that stuff. Because, let's face it. I was raised in Cape and Bridge, West Virginia. My mother was white. One of my mothers was white. And I was brought up around a whole lot of white kids. In case you haven't noticed. I didn't really get exposed to black friends again until college. So I'm not that guy looking for things to get pissed off about. I'm not that guy looking for ways that I'm being shit on. And if my younger viewers, listeners are listening, I'm sorry, but I had to get into it. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not that guy who's looking for ways that I've been wronged by society. I know they're there. I see them every day. I've seen them since I was in retail. I see them. So I haven't seen them as much being out shopping, but I've seen them shopping myself. I've seen them in a way that certain people react to me in public. And it's just a constant thing. But I try not to let my life be dominated by it. I got better things to do.
I'm not that guy fighting every single day against every little thing that's done wrong to me. But this really bothers me. McDonald's constantly sits here and makes a mockery out of black people, pretty much saying the only thing that we eat is McDonald's all the time. Matter of fact, I was watching one of the black channels, Centric, um, uh, what's the one? Shh, I know, uh, um, 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 the one that had the Empire Marathon on this weekend, TV one, maybe, the one with the Ricky Smiley show on it. <laughs> I was watching that not too long ago, and every couple, every commercial break, McDonald's commercial, D.L. Hughley, um, Tom Joyner, all sitting at McDonald's, eating coffee, having all-day breakfast. I ain't mad at D.L. Hughley and, Hughley and Tom Joyner and, and their morning show cast and cohorts for getting that McDonald's money. But to be able to constantly run that same commercial over and over and over ad nauseum on a black channel, on a BET, for all to see over and over... It's it's just so, it's great advertising, in a way, but it's aggravating advertising. Because if I'm watching, if I'm watching HDTV, I'm not seeing no black people on a McDonald's commercial. Those are when they run the commercials with no people in it. You don't see. The white guy, the 30-year-old, in his dress shirt, in his polo, in his 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 khakis, going through McDonald's to get the get the oatmeal during all-day breakfast on his lunch break. You don't see that. Does it exist? I'm sure it does. Oatmeal's on the damn menu, isn't it? I like their oatmeal. Chances are there's a 30-some-year-old white guy that likes their oatmeal too. <laughs> God, I sound crazy and I'm sorry. But it really annoys me. If I could get some feedback on this McDonald's thing, I'd really appreciate it. Because I know I'm not crazy, and I know I'm not the only person that pisses off. There's no reason for that bullshit all the time. And I, and because of this Pick 2 commercial, I'm really considering not eating McDonald's anymore again. I need to lose some weight anyway. Let me get him a pick too. It's a catchy ass jingle though. It's a catchy ass jingle. I gotta give him that. Next topic. This next topic is about a video game that me and Eric had talked about in our Civil War episode way back in episode 11 called Maximum Carnage. Maximum Carnage was a video game based on the 1993 comic book um, crossover that took place in all the Spider-Man titles in 1993. It was a 14 part epic. Most will say the storyline was complete trash and I will agree with them that the storyline was complete trash. It was bad. No ifs, ands, or buts. It was bad. Um, It started in Spider-Man Unlimited, number one, ran through Amazing, Web, Ejectiveless, which would just be Spider-Man, and uh, Spectacular for three months. And then it ended in Spider-Man Unlimited 2, which was a quarterly series. This series was the second time that Spider-Man had dealt with Carnage. Now, the first time, of course, we all know that um, when Eddie Brock, the original Venom, broke out of prison, he left behind a piece of his symbiote and it bonded with Cletus Cassidy, an, uh, Cletus Cassidy, an already crazy dude who was a serial, serial, serial killer already, bonded with this guy to form Carnage. It took the combined strength of Venom and Spider-Man 
and a little help from the Fantastic Four Sonic Gun to take out Carnage and get him locked away. So it's 93, right after Harry Osborn died, air quotes. And I'm saying this is 93 a year. I'm not trying to put an age on Spider-Man because Lord knows Marvel hates it when you do that. It's 93. Harry just died. Peter is actually attending Harry's funeral when they're wheeling uh, Cletus Cassie around in Ravencroft. And he gets cut. And next thing you know, out comes the symbiote for the first time since he was Carnage. His first time he was Carnage. Breaks out of Ravencroft. Meets this girl named Shriek. And then from there, pretty much Carnage and Shriek start racking up old random Spider-Man villains. And they all start whooping the crap out of Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man starts loading up on heroes. And it gets to a point where there's several heroes and villains on both sides. And then it comes down to a point where they think they've killed Carnage. They don't. And Venom and Spider-Man end up having to take down Carnage themselves again. And that's how it ends. There's a video game based on this same comic book series. Called Maximum Carnage. It's for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System and the Sega Genesis. The SNES version is slightly better because of the sound processor. And the game moves a little faster. But I've never played that one. I have played the Sega Genesis one. Sometime in uh, 98 or so, 98, yeah, definitely 98, Dad and I went into Toys R Us in Winchester, Virginia. And I saw that they had a uh, Sega Genesis 3. And for those of you not up on your Sega Genesis history, a Sega Genesis 3 was the third version of the Sega Genesis console. But it was about the size of... Um, it was pretty square, to be completely honest with you. It it would be the size of a, a, a smaller tablet, to be completely honest with you. And it played most of the Sega Genesis games, according to what it said. I never had an issue with it. So he got me that. He bought me NBA Live 98. So that was my main game I played. Then I started running into at random flea markets and yard sales that we might go to finding cheap games. And I picked up Maximum Carnage. And from the moment I uh, got that game, I was getting my ass whooped constantly. Me and Chad, my my nephew, who's going to be a daddy here in August now, crazy, uh, getting our asses consistently whooped by this game. And it just made no sense to me how come we couldn't get through it. The game is super hard, though. And Eric was saying that his brother, at one point, had almost beat the game, and they were all being that, that when that hush falls over the room, when you know there's an important part of the game, and you're just trying to give all your energy to the player in the room, like he was saying, so that they can do what they got to do to beat this game. And then his mom came in and started asking all these random questions on the game, and he didn't get there. I can't remember if he said that they did eventually beat the game or not. But they didn't that time. The reason a game's so hard is it's a it's your standard punch puncher. I mean side scroller. You're going through levels, beating up random people at the end of the boss. But there's always attacks coming at you. It's hard to catch your breath. And you only have three lives. I think you only get two continues. And the key is to find the secrets throughout the game, find the extra power-ups. Because if you don't have those extra power-ups and the extra secrets, then you're screwed. Because you get through the first, uh, you get through the first level, you get through the climb level. If you beat, you should be able to beat Doppelganger on the roof. You get to the street level, and you might get through that and get to shrieking Doppelganger. But then that's it. You're going down that church every single time. You have to find the power-ups, and the power-ups. Aren't that easy to find? I ex I I uh can't remember how I started finding power ups. I just started searching around, trying to climb around, and that's just that's just gamer one hundred and one from back in the day, though. And I think it still is gamer one hundred and one, but it's not the same because you're always looking for secrets and power ups and seeing where 
the screen will let you go where you don't expect it to let you go. And I just happen to start running into things and find extra lives and secret rooms and continues. Um, but in order to beat this game, it maxes you out at nine lives. You have to have at least nine lives as much as possible throughout this game. Stay in the seven, between the nine to seven live life range. And Lord, please don't die. Because those continues are valuable. Because the later you get and the more enemies come and the less superhero icons you have, the superhero icons, by the way, actually allow you to call on your hero friends, just like in comic books, to fight your enemies. But if you, you need all that stuff, and especially when you get to the last Carnage fight, because that's just you and Venom and Carnage. No icons, and it's just a straight-up fight for the finish. Gary purchased this game um, after I told him how much I loved it. Because I thought it was a you could play it together. But you actually can. It's just a one-player game. But he purchased it for like three bucks a couple months ago. Um, and, of course, I'm staying with him now. So I finally, we broke it out and played it a little bit on Saturday. And all the familiar memories are coming back to me and the controls and all of the 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 secrets and the moves and I still haven't beaten it. I've only played it really twice since we broke it back out. And the furthest I've gotten is the Prospect Park, which is a bitch. Uh, uh. Excuse me. Damn. I'm gonna have to edit that out too. Man, I'm not doing good today. <laughs> So that's going to be my second recommendation of the episode. If you can get a hold of it on an emulator or on an SNES or on Genesis, get Maximum Carnage and play it because I feel like it's one of the better superhero side scrollers of the 90s. It's underrated. It's a lot of fun. It's frustrating, but it'll be super worth it if you actually beat the damn thing. And I think I've beaten it maybe two or three times in my lifetime, and I haven't done it in years. No cheat codes either. I didn't. I haven't ever cheated or anything like that on there. So, <sighs> interesting episode. <laughs> uh, next topic. Ow, my ear hurts. <laughs> uh, the power of fourteen is what I called this. This is the fourteenth episode of Hyphenation. And while that number doesn't really mean a whole lot, it does to me because 14 is my favorite number. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a little story about 14. Way, 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 way back in the day, like circa 95, 96, not 95, definitely 96, 97, 98. I envisioned myself a basketball player. And I went out for my first team in eighth grade. And I made the team. I don't think anybody got cut, so there's that as well. And when it came time to choose jersey numbers, of course, everybody won 23. I didn't get 23. I picked 20 after Gary Payton, one of my favorite basketball players in the NBA at the time. And it, it was super awesome. Well, it wasn't super awesome, but I was 20 my whole eighth grade year. So between 8th grade and ninth grade, my dad had purchased me a basketball hoop uh, sometime before then. But the whole summer, I did nothing but shoot basketball, shoot basketball, shoot basketball. This is peak of my powers, B-hyphen, Kellen Conley. I, if I, I, don't, I think that 98 Kellen Conley could actually ball with some decent ballers back in the day. My handle wasn't that great, but my shot was wet. Wet, son. Practice all summer long, waiting for the ninth grade year. Of course, make the ninth grade team. But I'm still on the bench because I have this issue that I didn't understand, think I did had back then, but I definitely know I do have it. 
where um this thing would happen to me. <laughs> I make it sound weird, but I I just had anxiety. I get on the court and just do dumb stuff. Uh dumb turnovers, bad pat, well, bad, dumb turnovers, bad shots, bad decisions. Cuz in the actual game game, I would just freak out and not be of any use to anybody. So I didn't start when I feel like I should have started. And if I wasn't starting, I feel like I should have been the sixth man on the team. But I had this anxiety. It was always a problem. But I still say I was better than our starting point guard. Who's now, uh, I think he's in jail. (laughs) Anyway, came time to pick numbers in uh, ninth grade. And I don't know if I had the opportunity to get 20 or if it was already gone, but I picked 14. I don't know why I picked 14 or what it was about that, but I went with 14. Had a decent season by my standards where I was a consistent player off the bench, and I I scored, I think I scored definitely between uh, between I that when I got in the game, I normally did score, so I was like, got two or six points when I was in the game throughout that year. Our team was terrible because they didn't start me, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had fourteen. That was my number, and then somehow, fourteen just became my number for anything. I was always 14, 14, 14. So when I, I found out that Torse was 14 in Spanish, and so one of my many, many, many nicknames as a rapper was Untouchable Catorce. No one knew what it was. Uh, I can't remember the last time I dropped Catorce in a rap, but maybe it's time to do it again. But I just absolutely loved um, that number, and I've always, I've just kind of made that my my main number. Like, uh, let's see, Mons Say Volume One came out on September fourteenth in two thousand and four, for example. Um, my number on any sports game is always fourteen. If I could change my number at work, my employee number at work, I would make it fourteen. <laughs> Uh, so it, it's kind of funny that this all-over-the-place episode that I'm putting together right now that had one good part with the McDonald's rant, um, it's kind of funny that it's the 14th episode of Hyphenation. So I, I just wanted to share that, that little tidbit about uh, why I care about 14. Oh, and Maximum Carnage had 14 parts. Full circle. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Realest dudes in the room. Oh, shit. Um, I got to get ready to get out of here and get to work as usual. (laughs) As what I normally do. So let me get into these recommendations real quick. Personal recommendation besides Maximum Carnage and whatever I said at the beginning of the episode, which I've now forgotten. Jeez. If you live in Morgantown or you're in the Morgantown area and you're looking for a haircut, she just got back from Florida. I highly suggest, highly, 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 highly suggest my friend and my barber, Sam. Her whole name is Samantha McClurg. She works at Campus Campus at Classic Cuts. It's And Classic Cuts is right off of High Street in Morgantown or right off Willie Street, whichever way you want to come from. Sam... Does a phenomenal job. I've never been too picky about who cut my hair until Sam cut mine. And now she's the only person who I let cut my hair. I followed her from the shop to Classic Cuts, back to the shop, back to Classic Cuts. She left and went to Florida for a couple months. She came back, right back in Classic Cuts. She cut my hair last night and she does a phenomenal job. So please, if you need a haircut, know somebody needs a haircut in this area, go check out Sam. She knows her shit. She's good with the Clippers. She'll hook you up. And make sure you said the Kellen sent you. So I can get 
a discount. <laughs> so that's my personal recommendation for Morgantown. And then I reached back and I was looking for anything that I dug that I really liked to recommend to you guys because there wasn't too much TV that I'm into right now and with me not really being in, having my own stuff available, um, nothing new that I've picked up. So I'm recommending a book. And the book is called Road of Bones by David Mack. Not the artist David Mack, by the writer David Mack. And this came out at a time... Uh, probably about 10 or so years ago, um, where Marvel was putting out paperback novels based on their characters. And I caught on to this, and I bought like three of the Spider-Man ones, two X-Men, two Fantastic Four, and this Wolverine book. I didn't buy the Weapon X book, because I kind of know the Weapon X story enough. I've been told it enough, uh, and I have nothing against it. I, I think even Peter David wrote the Weapon X book, but I just skipped it. But I got this Road of Bones book. Just wanted to see what they would do with Wolverine in this little paperback uh, book universe. And what it is, is pretty much is Wolverine on a spy adventure. Um, it, it's not your typical Wolverine goes, fights the bad guys, Wolverine has to stop this threat. It's some real Wolverine on his job stuff. It, it, it's almost like James Bond meets Wolverine. And it came to me out of nowhere when I was sitting in Panera this morning. So if you're looking for a good read, a good uh, light read, it's only it's not that long. It's a paperback. I highly recommend Road of Bones by David Mack. It's about Wolverine. It's not your typical Wolverine fare. It's a lot of fun. And it actually reminded me a lot um, when I saw the Wolverine, the movie. The Wolverine actually reminded me reminded me a lot of what um, I feel like some cues were taken from the book because it's not, it's not an accurate. They didn't rip anything from the book, but I feel like the whole uh, direction of the movie had a similar direction to what they did in the book until the end when the Wolverine fell off the rails, which we all agree on. So if you're looking for a quick book, Wolverine, David Mack, Road of Bones. And if you can check out any of those other um, Marvel paperbacks, there's some good stuff. I've never bought one that I was just like, oh, this is terrible. They're all they're all really well written, and I'm kind of sad that uh, Marvel got away from doing them, but I can't imagine they were selling that well. So if you can find them, you probably find them for pretty cheap on Amazon or eBay and stuff like that. Um, I think Pocket Books uh, was the ones who were putting them out back in like 06, 07, maybe even later than that. Check it out, and you won't regret it. You shouldn't at least. So yeah, to recap, <laughs> too long didn't listen. Memorial Day is about the troops, not your cookouts. So remember that. But if you feel like you did party too hard, maybe consider taking two, maybe consider taking Tuesday off after Memorial Day. Also, McDonald's commercials always feature black people, and it's ridiculous. And I think they need to stop it, and somebody needs to say something to them. Because the Mick Pick 2 commercial with the black people singing it to the McDonald's employees infuriates me. Maximum Carnage for SNES and on Sega Genesis. Or emulation if you're into that. Please check it out. Please try to beat it. Let me know how it goes for you. It's a great game. I know it's old. It came out in 94. But it's a good game. Trust me, it's a good game. And the, the SNES version is a superior version and let me know if you can beat it in like 24 minutes because there's this dude on YouTube who did it. And I'm going to try to do it that way next time I play. Um, Power 14, that was just about why I like number 14 and how I ended up sticking with it so much. And this hyphenation 14, so I thought I'd share that little tidbit with you. Recommendations, need a haircut in Morgantown? Go to Sam McClurg. She's at Classic Cuts. Um, and then Road of Bones by David Mack. It's a Wolverine story is the recommendations. If you want to check out Hyphenation, we're on iTunes. Just search Hyphenation. You can subscribe. Please rate and review while you're there. Helps get the show more exposure. All Hyphenation episodes are on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash be hyphen. Also, my mixcloud.com slash be hyphen. 
all episodes can be found on behyphen.com, podcast.behyphen.com, and on tricycleoffense.wordpress.com. All the hyphenation episodes. We're also on Stitcher. You get on your Stitcher app, you get on the Stitcher site, you search hyphenation. Ta-da! Play that. If you go to podcast.behyphen.com, go to the um, right side of the screen, you'll see hyphenation, you'll see feed burner. You take that link and put it into your podcast listening device, you'll be able to get all the shows one there and you can listen however you like to for those of you that don't like iTunes or even if you just want to paste that link instead of going through the iTunes store to get to the show if you want to buy something from Amazon please do so from behyphen.com or on podcast.behyphen.com if you buy something a little bit will come back to the show and that'll be awesome so please do that if you are willing to do that um and then besides that man I don't think there's anything else left to say. This has been another episode of Hyphen Nation. I'm Kellen Conley. I'm sitting here at Kroger. And I really probably need to start doing these earlier from doing my car because it's a little warm in my car now. That's okay. I need to take myself to work so I can go get paid and deal with all that. I'm going to call this one Too Long Didn't Listen. Maybe. Eh, I kind of like it. Anything else I wanted to cover about how to listen to the show? No. Shout out to everybody who's been checking out the show. Eric, Mike, um, E, I know you listen. Mark, um, appreciate all y'all. Keep sharing the show. Keep spreading the word. Derek. Um, and yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep this thing going, man. 14 episodes in. Let's see, let's see when the next one drops. But until then, I'm out, y'all. Have a great day. Thank you very much.